0: Listen, this is the DJ. This is MC Rabbi all the way from Dallas right now. He's about to drop some verses for you. Take it
1: away, Rabbi. God brought us out. Of Egypt land with a mighty arm and with an outstretched hand, he parted the sea. He brought us through to Mount Sinai. Yo, what's he gonna do? He came down in fire and glory. He spoke the word of God to Moses and all the sea, but he did something greater for you and me. He sent his son, the one to die for you and me. Yo, God brought us out of Egypt land with a mighty arm and with an outstretched hand. He sent his son from above to demonstrate his goodness and his love. Yo. <laughs> there you have it, MC Rabbi Sobel. And one day I was meditating and my soul began to vibrate. It left my body. I went into heaven. And the next thing I know, I saw this king high and lifted up on the throne in glorious light. I was like nothing I'd ever seen. The power of God pulsated through every cell in my body. It's like every part of me could feel and came alive in a way that I could not even ever explain in in words. And I knew that king on the throne was Jesus, Yeshua. I knew nothing about him, but I knew that was him. And he told me I was called to serve him. The next thing I know, I was running around going, I'm called to serve him. My mom's like, you're called to serve Jesus? We're Jewish for crying out loud. And, uh, <laughs> and my best friend, John, wound up coming to faith. But he started to attend a Messianic congregation, got a little bit more wisdom on how to share with a Jewish person. He invited me to this Messianic congregation. I went with him. At the end of the evening, they began to pray, dim the lights, and I figured I needed all the help I can get. So I prayed. They said, if you prayed for the first time, raise your hand this prayer. So I raised my hand. They said, if you, if you pray this prayer, you've just been born again. Will you please stand up? So I realized we weren't going anywhere until I stood up. That was Rabbi Jonathan Khan <laughs> at his Messianic congregation, Beth Israel, 27 years ago, gave me the first New Testament that i ever seen, had no idea what it meant, took it home, read it, was blown away how Jewish. The messianic prophecies. And what the Lord said to me in that encounter in heaven was a verse from the New Testament, which I had never read. And I came to the belief that Jesus, Yeshua, his Hebrew name, was the one whom Moses and the prophets spoke of.
0: How do numbers work in the Bible?
1: Yeah, okay. So Peter comes to Jesus and says, How many times do I have to forgive? Up to seven times. And Jesus is not impressed. He goes, not seven, 70 times seven, okay, which equals 490. Well, why does Jesus pick that number? Everything he does, he does with great intentionality. So what we have to understand is you have to understand the alphanumerics, right? The numbers. So the Hebrew word tamim, which means to be perfect or complete in Hebrew, adds up to 490 when you add up the letters in the word, okay? So to be perfect or complete equals 490, because you can't be perfect in your faith unless you're willing to forgive, okay? 490 is also the numerical value of the word Bethlehem in Hebrew. Bethlehem, which equals 490, literally means house of bread. Why is that significant? Because bread and forgiveness are connected in the Bible. Just like we can't live physically without bread, we can't live spiritually and emotionally without forgiveness, and when we withhold forgiveness, it's like telling a starving person to go and die. Uh-huh.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to part two with my conversation with Rabbi Jason Sobel. He's my special guest today, and he's a leader, a storyteller, a spiritual guide, a dad, and an occasional rapper. Listen, he is transforming lives as he's sharing mysteries of the Messiah with his brand new book right here that I'm holding in my hand. You can go to his website, order his book. But more than that, you're going to get an insight of the Word of God like never before. But before we get to them, I want to remind you to don't forget to support this ministry by ordering, by purchasing this Roku Express device. All you have to do is go to ptlshop.com or you can give me a call at any time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888-777-3530. I want you to be blessed and have this Roku device. So many of you have been asking me about where do I buy it? How do I purchase it? Well, we want to give you that opportunity right now. And as you purchase this, as you get this, you're supporting this program. You're supporting the PTO network. And I know you're going to be blessed. With this Roku Express, as you can watch the PTL Network 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on the go. Listen, we want to be with you every second of our day. And for that, we want to thank you for allowing us, allowing me, allowing the PTL Network to come into your home via the Roku Express. Get it today, ptlshop.com, or you can call me at one 888 3530
2: Introducing Roku Express. Fast, high definition streaming made easy. Featuring a new compact design. Setup is a cinch with the included HDMI cable. You can even attach it to your TV. It's perfect for first time streamers and great for secondary TVs. Use the simple remote to control your player. Easily find free TV, live news, sports, movies, and premium subscriptions, all on the Roku channel. Your home for free and premium TV. Search across top streaming channels and see your results ranked by price. I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Roku Express is high definition streaming made easy for everyone in the house. And it makes an amazing gift.
0: Let's get back to my conversation with Messianic Rabbi Jason Sobel. You know, so many who preach or teach the Bible either leave the Old Testament. I talked about it a few moments ago, but they leave either the Old Testament out or they leave the the New Testament out. But they say that when they leave the Old Testament out, They say it's antiquated. It doesn't apply to to us uh, today. Or they reject the New Testament because it's too progressive and it shouldn't replace the Old New Testament. How does the Old and New Testament really come together to complete the whole Word of God?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, we have to understand in regards to the Old Testament, when Paul writes to Timothy and he says all Scripture is god breathed okay in that day there was no canon of the new testament right the new testament as we know it today had it been put together they were there were letters being written to different churches and books being written that different communities had it wasn't all put together yet that came about later so when he says all scripture is god breathed he's specifically talking about the old testament he says it is profitable for correction, for uh, for re- rebuke, for training in righteousness, right? So we, that is the significance of the Old Testament is that it's God's word. It's always been profitable. There's always wisdom and revelation and meaning in our life to understand it. It's really important and significant. There's not a lesser revelation and a greater revelation. In fact, Jesus couldn't have been the Messiah, No one would have known, there'd have been no evidence for him to be the Messiah if he didn't come in fulfillment of the hundreds of over 300-something prophecies in the Old Testament. So it is foundational. It is the foundation of our faith. We can't destroy the foundation or else everything crumbles as a result of it. And in the same way, we need the New Testament. You know, I'll never forget, I went into a, a synagogue uh, Jewish, a Jewish Jewish congregation, and they had these stained glass windows of Moses and Elijah and Daniel, these great scenes from the Old Testament. But they were kind of dark, and all of a sudden the sun came out, and the sun shone through the stained glass windows, windows, and they came to life. Well, we need the sunlight, the S-O-N light. The New Testament is the light that shines back on the old, that reveals the mysteries to who everything in it was ultimately pointing to. So it goes both ways, and that is the full inheritance.
0: You write on page three. I I love how your book, listen, you get to the point immediately. This is one thing about this book. It's not going to waste your time. It's not going to run you around with fluff and then you'll find the the golden nuggets here and there. No, the moment you begin to read the book, you'll start finding revelations about clues. I love clues. I love mysteries. I love rediscovering the path in which the Bible works in. And one of the pages that really struck me that, uh, listen, I even marked it. I mean, you can tell. I really spend my time and I want you, you forced me to go back to the scripture and read it for myself and rediscover what you discovered, uh, rabbi. But on page three, you write about that. There are five major areas that reveal clues, key clues about who Messiah is. Can you help us understand who the Messiah is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this journey started for me when my mom said, hey, you've joined a cult, go meet with the rabbi. Because I had to go sit with my rabbi and I wanted to be, I had to give a defense. I had to give the reason for my faith. And I knew that the Hebrew scriptures provided the job description of the Messiah. That anyone who claimed to be the Messiah had to fulfill the key prophecies of the hebrew scriptures and fulfill the job description and so there's a few different things the first is his humanity right we read about this in genesis in the opening chapters the man and woman uh steal from the tree god pronounces judgment but there's hope in the midst of judgment god says through the seed of the woman there, that, that there was going to come forth a Redeemer, says, I will put enmity between your seed and her seed. He will bruise you on the head, you will crush him on the heel. Meaning that the Messiah, the one born of the woman, was going to crush the head of the serpent. So this alludes to the fact that the Messiah was going to have to be a human individual who was going to be born of a woman, which is an important clue. Right, this idea of the seed of the woman raises a question that the entire rest of the Bible is going to answer. Why? Do, why are there all these genealogies in Genesis? It's not just because they're interested in lineage. It's because the question is being raised. Where is the promised seed of the woman, the promised redeemer? Where is this one going to come from? And even the idea of seed of the woman is raising a question because in the Bible, women don't have seed. It's the seed of Abraham. It's the seed of David. Women don't have seed. Men carry seed. So this is alluding to a mystery of how is the woman going to carry the seed? And it's ultimately hinting at the the virgin birth, which we get later uh, later revelation on. So the Messiah is going to be born of the woman. And we have to understand his ethnicity and his tribal identity of all the people in the world, Abraham, then Isaac, and then Jacob. So the Messiah had to come from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's name is changed to Israel. Israel has 12 sons and of all the 12 tribes, And the 12 sons, from which of the tribes is the Messiah going to come from? And we learn about this, the clue in Genesis 49, the Messiah is going to come from the tribe of Judah. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And then of all the family of Judah, it's going to come from the tribe of Judah is going to come from the family of david his royalty the messiah is going to be the son of david second samuel seven and then we read about when we have to understand his virgin birth and divinity he's going to be born of a virgin he has to be born of a virgin because he is not just human he is divine his supernatural conception points to his supernatural identity and the Messiah is going to be God in the flesh. No human being is able to uh, redeem us. God had to come and do it ourselves. That's why it says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going forth from the days of old, from the days of eternity. And ultimately, Isaiah 53, Zechariah 12, the Messiah is going to suffer and die for our sins to make an atonement so that we can be set free and find life.
0: Wow. Listen, you're getting just a little bit of what's inside of this book. There's more to the stories. Every chapter is filled with key insights of what the real meaning behind the value of the numeric uh, alphabet numbers. And listen, this, this book right here is like no other book I found. You almost have to go to college to get the information to get what's inside of this book. I got to tell you something, Mysteries of the Messiah is the book you want to have right now. I'm not just saying it. I, listen, I'm a man that loves the Word of God. I have studied the Word of God for over 25 years, and it keeps getting better and better. I don't know about you. I don't know how you can get discouraged. Oh, i tell you how. Is stop reading your word. That's how you get discouraged. You stop reading the word of God and you start listening to other people. You start listening to spiritual coaches. You start listening to motivational speaking. All that is great for a second. But the foundation is the word of God. The Bible says that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The foundation of everything that we are as a Christian is to understand the very meaning, the symbolic meaning, the, the how the connection from Genesis to Revelation came together. There's an essence when you read the Word of God, but there's an essence when you add books like this one here, Mysteries of the Messiah, that can ignite the passion once again. I love what you wrote in the back. Most people do not understand how the Bible fits together, even people of faith. Even seasoned people of faith still don't understand how the Bible came together. I got to ask you, Rabbi, in the story of creation, we find essential insights into the person and and works of the Messiah. How does the story of, and we got to go back all the way to Genesis, but how does the story of Adam and Eve connect to Jesus, the one we believe as a Christian that he is the Messiah?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't understand the cross or the person and work of Jesus unless you understand the opening chapters of Genesis, right? I mean, think about it for a moment. The symbol of Christianity is the cross. Why did Jesus have to die on a cross? There has to be a reason. Well, think about it for a moment. How did sin enter the world? The first man and woman stole from the tree— So God had to put Jesus, the second Adam, back on the tree for you and me to reverse the curse and restore the blessing. Why were his hands pierced? Because our hands stole from the tree. Why was his side pierced? Because Eve, the one taken from the side, was the one who led him into temptation. Why were his feet pierced? Because the first messianic prophecy was that the seed of the woman, as we spoke about, was going to crush the head of the serpent. Satan is trying to destroy the plan of God. He's mocking the promises of God. He thinks, He's like, You're going to, you think you're going to crush my head? I'm going to nail your feet to a tree. Now let's see what you're going to do. He's the original gangster, right? That's what he is. But instead of his original OG, right? So, Instead of foiling the plan of God, he was actually fulfilling it by nailing his feet to the tree, ultimately because blessed are the feet of him who brings good news. He's going to crush the head of Satan under his foot. That's what he was doing crown of thorns on his head. Why? Because what's the curse of creation? The ground would produce thorns and thistles. He's literally taking the curse of creation on his head to reverse it and to restore the blessing. But there's more. When God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, the Hebrew is very clear. It says a burning thorn bush. God appears to Moses in a burning thorn bush because thorns represent exile, cursing, pain, suffering, God in the midst of the burning thorn, bush, Jesus on the cross is God saying, I'm with you in your pain. I feel your pain and I'm going to help you through it. And I'm going to break the curse and I'm going to bring blessing in your life.
0: Ooh, that was a drop the mic moment. Listen, I want to tell you something. You don't even have to wait to read all the book to get to what he just talked about. On page 29. I wrote, wow, wow, in the bottom. I got to read it to you. I'm not a good reader, but I'm going to try to read it to you. You got to get the book and read it for yourself. But it says, since a tree caused the fall, the son of God had to die on a tree as the second Adam to reverse the curse caused by, by the sin of the first man and woman oh, listen, this is not being taught in today's church. I, I don't know about you, but if you want to know more about who this Messiah is and the connection from Genesis to Revelation, I want books that are going to challenge me intellectually, and I want books that will give me an adventure, a book that will give me an insight to the mysteries that so many has, have made so mysterious and so unattainable Well, guess what? The word of God is for you, for the simple minded like myself, for those that are tired and weary, those that can say, you know what? I just don't understand the Bible. So many people have rewritten the Bible to the point where I don't even know if it's the true word of God. Listen, don't be discouraged. Don't lose your faith. It's time to get books like this that would challenge your faith. And if you're not being challenged in your Bible study, bring this book to your Bible study. Read the book. Learn with other people around you about the mysteries. I want to tell you something. One of the most talked about moments, Rabbi, is when Jesus' life was when he turned the water into wine and we stopped there. And we almost made a mockery out of it. And, and we almost every party that I went to that that was quoted and said, man, we run out of uh, liquor, man. We run out. Of, well, find the priest to make the, the water into wine, my man. The party's got to keep it moving. But you know what I discovered when I read your book? And, I, and this is a question I had to ask you. Why did Jesus turn the water into wine and not blood?
1: Absolutely. So again, we understand that the foundation of the new is the old. And you can't fully understand the Gospels with if you know if you only know half the story. And so one of the things that's very clear is that the Messiah was going to be a greater than Moses, who was going to lead a greater exodus, bring about a greater redemption, not from physical slavery, but to sin and death. So when God raises up Moses to be a deliverer, the first plague, the first sign he brings upon Egypt is he turns the water into blood. But Jesus, as a greater than Moses, doesn't come to bring death. He comes to bring life. So he turns the water into wine because wine is the symbol biblically and in Jewish thought of the messianic kingdom So he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He doesn't want you to live out of the lack, but he wants you to live out of the overflow. But of course, there's more. When he does the miracle, there are six stone pots. Why six stone pots? Because man was created on the sixth day. He fell on the sixth day. Uh, He lost six things as a result of the fall. And when Jesus comes to restore everything that was lost, the blessing, the fruitfulness of creation, he does it with six stone pots. And then when he dies on the day that we call Good Friday, biblically on the calendar, it is the sixth day of the week. Because he dies on the same day that we were created and the same day that we fell. He's on the cross for six hours. There's darkness from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. And so we just see all this connection because he comes as a greater than Moses to bring a life that overflows.
0: Wow. There you have it. Rabbi, thank you for joining me today. I know you got to go. You're a busy man. Don't forget to get the book Mysteries of the Messiah by Rabbi Jason Sobo. You can also watch his program, listen, on TBN. You can go online and check it out. and Or you can, one of my favorite things is to listen to podcasts. So i rather you, if you like listening and driving or if you like, you know, riding your bike and whatnot, go to his podcast. I want to tell you something. You're going to get insights like never before. Better yet, start supporting his ministry. We need your help. Every ministry needs your help to continue to preach the gospel. You can go to FusionGlobal.org. You can go in there, get information about where to find the podcast, his television program, so many different things. It's time for us to support one another. And it's time for us to get behind one another and, and start financially, you know, investing in ministries that are preaching the gospel and ministries that are, you know, bringing you the truth. Not that the others aren't, but but uh, let's be real. There's very few people that are talking the way Rabbi Jason are talking Very few people are teaching the insights to the Word of God like Rabbi has masterfully done in this book right here, Mysteries of the Messiah, and then following it through with podcasts and television programs, really taking you into the adventure and the mysteries of the Scripture. Do it today. Get the book, and don't forget, keep the faith. Stay strong. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I got to go, but until next time, remember, God loves you. He really does. I'll see you then. (laughs) Bye-bye. Today, I have a very special uh, offer for you that is going to bless you. You know, the world is moving to streaming in a new way to watch television. And if you don't know about what Roku is... I wanna take a few moments to let you know what it is. It's pretty simple. Roku Pioneer streaming for television. And technology has changed the way we watch our favorite movies and television shows. And Roku just a few days ago reported a total of 51.2 million active users in the United States. I want you to become part of the Roku family just as I am and our family is. I want to introduce you to Roku real quick and watch this.
2: Introducing Roku Express, fast, high definition streaming made easy, featuring a new compact design. Setup is a cinch with the included HDMI cable. You can even attach it to your TV. It's perfect for first time streamers and great for secondary TVs. Use the simple remote to control your player. Easily find free TV, live news, sports, movies, and premium subscriptions all on the Roku channel. Your home for free and premium TV. Search across top streaming channels and see your results ranked by price. I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Roku Express is high definition streaming made easy for everyone in the house. And it makes an amazing gift.
0: You can purchase your Roku Express today on the Mondo Show for only $30. So, all you have to do to order this Roku Express, just go to ptlshop.com or you can give me a call right now 1 888 777 3530. Remember, keep the faith.